0: everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cotrolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening, and also thank the contributors to my show, who are Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Joseph Simcovic, author of How to Kiss the Universe, Ms. Aida, author, psychic, spellcaster, root worker, and witch. You can find her at MsAida.com. M-I-S-S-E-I-D-A dot com. And this episode is being sponsored by Ginger Glasser. And you can find Ginger at Tarot by Ginger dot com. She's a tarot reader, evidential medium, and healer. And again, that is Tarot by Ginger dot com. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Eric Hecker. And we are going to talk about what is happening in Antarctica, how are you?
1: I am doing fantastic, Gary. Thank you very much for having me here today, and uh, I look forward to sharing as much information as I can with your audience.
0: Fantastic. So, what got you down the Antarctica rabbit hole?
1: Oh, geez. I guess um, my employment. I, I went down there first for the purposes of laboring and then I guess it was after the fact that I started to connect the dots on what my experience down there actually meant. Hmm. So what were you doing? Like, What happened? I was a a plumber, so Mm -hmm. uh, plumbing and heating was my expertise prior to going down there. I got a contract from Raytheon Polar Services in 2010 to go down there for the summer season, and then during my summer season, I was able to uh garner a second contract for the winter season and you know more or less my my responsibilities were to make sure that the station was up and running and in many ways shapes and forms um in the you know trade capacity mm-hmm. but then i also played a, a very substantial role on the emergency services i was a, a lead on the fire brigade so whenever the alarms went off you know we you know suit up in full bunker gear. And attack the problem. And that was a, a role that I, you know, played a heavy hand in.
0: So, who's living there? Like, who, who are these people that need plumbing in Antarctica to begin with? Like, uh, who's living there? It doesn't. You know, is it just for, government well, places our, or what? Military? For
1: our season, we had bike I think, which was high at the time. So for the summer of 2010, I think we came close to about 280 personnel at the South Pole Station. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, the winter of 2011, we dropped down to 49. And uh, assuredly, all of those people need plumbing. You still have, you know, all of the, the human capacities occurring. So you need fresh water. You need to get rid of waste. And certainly need to have health and comfort systems, you know, heating and things like that. So plumbing is required.
0: But what's their purpose you know,
1: there? Uh, you know, that's the whole thing. That's that's where I'm coming in at a different angle is that there's, uh, you know, the National Science Foundation and what they're cutting checks for and what they present to the general public is all kinds of science. And as presented, you know, they're looking for neutrinos, they're looking for stars, they're looking for other solar systems and things like that. They're uh, testing the atmosphere as presented. But I have found in my experience that there's a lot more going on, uh, jumping right through all hoops. The ice cube neutrino detector is not simply a scientific passive receiver. I've provided documentation that it's a transmitter.
0: What are they transmitting to?
1: Whatever they want, technically, because they're currently lying about what they're doing. But that's a great question. Um, I believe that what people need to understand in the modern world of directed energy weapons systems is it's not as simple to answer that question as you would hope because it's similar to like you know like a standard weapon like a gun we think of you know and somebody would say oh somebody has a oh what caliber is it which would almost be relative to the question that you just asked under the pretense that it's required to be a particular caliber Mm-hmm. But that's the thing that we need to change our minds on contemporarily is that directed energy weapons systems aren't obliged to be this singular thing. They're very multifaceted. Hmm.
0: So this is a and weapon technology. It's not,
1: absolutely.
0: It's not absolutely. like what people are thinking about, extraterrestrials or multidimensional beings or ancient civilizations well, it's, it's, buried it's, underneath it's the ice. also
1: that. It's also that it is a weapons platform, but it's also a communications platform. So um, in the standard capacity of UFO conversation, the IceCube Neutrino Detector is a extremely long-range instantaneous communications device. So for folks like Gary McKinnon, who have come out previously and spoken about an off-world fleet that's been functioning throughout the cosmos... I'm simply providing information that says, here's how we talk to them. Hmm. This would be the system that provides for that access. Because certainly, if we have faster than light vehicles, we need faster than light communication. Right. It goes hand in hand. We can't do one without the other. We're not going to launch ships out into the edge of the cosmos without the ability to communicate with them.
0: Right. That makes sense. We I'm, probably. Simply
1: letting, yep, I'm simply letting folks know that at the very least, I found one of these communication systems. It's at the South Pole Station. It's operating under false pretenses as the Ice Cube Neutrino Detector. Wow.
0: What else do they have? Is that all they have up there? Is it, that is, that's all that's happening? Is there, it's not, all, it is
1: not all that is happening, but again, I'm going to go back to the fact that it's multifaceted, so let's mm-hmm. not think that that's all that that is doing okay additionally it is a directed energy weapons system one of the things that it can do is create earthquakes which if folks want to pay attention to calendars in dates when the ice cube neutrino detector was going from construction to operations and maintenance was the season that i was there when they were basically turning it up and on dialing it in that was the year that Christchurch was getting crushed by earthquakes it was the exact same time frame. This this was the ice cube neutrino detector being turned on and dialed in, and that was what you would call like an accidental friendly fire incident. Hmm.
0: Interesting. You know, a lot of people used to blame HARP for that kind of stuff.
1: This is just a, a, a HARP on steroids.
0: Huh.
1: So can it also change weather? Absolutely. It's this is this is the whole thing with directed energy weapons systems. All of them can do these things. This is where we need to change our mind off of that idea of a particular caliber for the weapon Mm -hmm. as if it's a singularly oriented device. So, yeah, HARP can do a whole bunch of things. The Ice Cube Neutrino Detector, um, let's just put it this way. HARP, like in Gakona, Alaska, which I've been to a few times, um... That's on the face of the earth. That's um, on a linear plane of length and width. The ice cube neutrino detector um, adds to this equation exponentially by adding depth and a lot of it. Mm. So it's a kilometer by a kilometer by a kilometer up top. It's hexagonal in shape. But then it drops down into the ice by two kilometers in depth, adding a whole new dimension, let's just say, to Harp technology and the exponential power output thereof.
0: Hmm. Why are they keeping it on South Pole? Is there a reason that for that? Is there a reason why it's there in Antarctica and not somewhere else?
1: Absolutely. Uh, many reasons. One, the cover story of it being an ice cube neutrino detector, um, the it being embedded in the ice and the ability for it to detect neutrinos, I guess you would say, cleanly and clearly. So you have that is exclusive to South Pole Station. Um, also the fact that I think they were blatant in their intent that I believe there's activity at the southern pole of our planet that would be off-world in regards to almost like um, airspace. I believe it's easier for things to come and go off of these geomagnetic spheres, you know, we call them planets, whatever you want to call them. Um, I believe it's just simple science that somehow craft when they want to get on or off this system that we reside on come in from the southern pole. So it has to do with almost like manufacturing an observatory just to pay attention to the activity, like air traffic control. Hmm.
0: Is it also there because at the south pole, because of the magnetic pole is there at that position on the earth? Or are they using
1: it also to m-
0: manipulate that?
1: And I believe that's also going on, correct? That, that through the output mm-hmm. of the ice cube neutrino detector, which is substantial, that they are certainly attempting to manipulate, modulate, whatever you want to call it, the the magnetosphere of the planet. And it would be through the the application of the science of the ice cube neutrino detector and its transmit side that they would try to make a manipulation. And then also what I discovered at the South Pole station, it there that there is an ELF system that is active. As much as they say to the public that it's de energized and non-operable when I was there I found out that as much as they were saying that publicly it just Mm -hmm. wasn't true Um, I had to do work and in that process of having to de-energize other equipment I had to go to a panel that had a whole bunch of circuit breakers in it and I was trying to isolate what I needed to work on safely but in that process I found a breaker that was supposed to be off to the best of my knowledge but was now in the on position. So there was a, an issue with the information, so I had to run it up the chain of command for safety's sake. Long story short, I found out that, that that circuit was to the ELF system, and it's absolutely energized, and that was the end of my, I guess you would say, tolerance for line of inquiry. Mm -hmm. They let me know that what I needed to know was known, that circuit is safe. I clearly identified what I needed to work on, and I needed to turn around and, you know, just get out. Like, it's just, that's it. Mm -hmm. Everything's safe for my task. What is ELF? Uh, Extra low frequency. So the, the ELF system is used on this planet for things like submarine communications and also magnetosphere measurements. So it's my belief and understanding that the combination of those two systems at the South Pole has something to do with a a manipulation and a reading that the neutrino detector in transmit mode can do something to the magnetosphere of this planet and then simultaneously at the facility they can observe the, I guess you'd say the reaction Mm-hmm. By utilizing the ELF system and seeing what has happened to the magnetosphere of the planet. Interesting.
0: So is this in in some way related to you know, I know you've heard everybody's heard the story about the secret bases in Antarctica, you know, that was you know, I guess it was originally used by the Nazis. Some people say there was aliens in there. I have one guest on who who's been to that actual base too. Who's and, this person <clears> that you are referencing? His name is Doctor Richard Allen Miller, and he's been where to the secret the base in Antarctica, the underground and he base. Has
1: pictures of this?
0: He does not have pictures of it. No, okay. but he's told And then I would,
1: I would find this stuff highly questionable. To be honest with you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I I hear a lot of people say a lot of stuff about Antarctica that can't prove a single thing that they're saying. Hmm. And you, that is, there, me is there a base Because there? I can I can provide. I I I was at the South Pole station, so mm-hmm. there most certainly is a base there, and I have pictures and video from my time there yeah. and I can provide evidence to support the things that I am saying. So when I hear other people bring up stuff when I'm when I'm presenting documentable fact mm-hmm. and then other people bring up to me stuff that's speculation, I wonder if I got myself involved in some sort of co pro operation. Right.
0: I understand. I mean, it's just the
1: facts of the matter. Because these other people actually can't mm-hmm. really substantiate anything that they're saying. Yeah. The only one what I'm talking about is the one that was supposedly found by Admiral Byrd. Supposedly. I mean, but what's this person have to say to substantiate anything that they're saying?
0: Uh, I all I have is a story. But I was wondering... Oh, that's, if, that's,
1: but that's my point. Like I I'm, I'm trying to get into the disclosure community with facts and real documentable experiences. And I just keep hearing about all these people that are speculating about all kinds of things that they can't substantiate anything on. Mm -hmm. And to me, I just see that as um, a perfectly good government smokescreen so that people can't get to the real topics that are real.
0: Right. And I guess the real – so what else – do you think that they're using this thing to actually communicate to with extraterrestrials?
1: Absolutely. So they know that
0: extraterrestrials are real, they're they're communicating of course, with them. Why, yeah, deals. I think
1: I think that's the whole point of everything that they're doing in all of these programs mm-hmm. is that they understand that there's more to this conversation than the general population is being tolerated to be involved in.
0: Why do you think that is? Why don't you want the general population to be involved in it?
1: Um power and money, standard operating procedures, mm-hmm. control? Possibly. Possibly, <laughs> Do you have you have you have another angle on this, something more noble. No, I mean, I mean, I, I, my
0: thing is, I've done so many of these episodes. So many people I've talked to have you know, mm-hmm. seen, ex, you know, extraterrestrial crabs, I've you know, abductees, experiencers, mm-hmm. people who've had tell, supposedly telepathic communication. All kinds of stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. and my, the best that I can come up with is that there is a, probably a large population of extraterrestrials that probably have human interest in their best interest. You know, they just are there watching to see what happens, you know, maybe push us along the way. They may have even genetically created us at some point. I don't know. I think it's a possibility. And then I think there may be some other extraterrestrials that are just, you know, concerned with, I don't know. Like they're, they're benefiting from us somehow. I don't know what it is they're getting from us. Yeah. And um, they, and they um, have to make deals with the government.
1: What if, what, if, what if it turns out, since we're, you know, doing hypotheticals here, mm-hmm. what if it turns out that we're just, like, intergalactic chicken and our handlers are selling us off and consuming us off, like, similar product that we're familiar with and we're being taken care of mm-hmm. in a similar fashion in regards that certainly we're a lucrative product. So we're not looking to be spoiled or spoiled, so to say. So we're being, is that farmed. we're just simply, we're just simply a product. So we're just, a that's farm. also, that's also completely possible. Yeah. We're just being farmed. Huh. We're a product. I, what, what
0: kind of product? Do, would chickens, we, we be, do
1: chickens think ill of the farmer? On the property that they live on? Like, do they know their no. fate? No. Or do they think they're being taken care of, that they got food, they got a roof over? Like, like what? how, how do we know? Where are we at in this equation in the food chain of the cosmos? Hmm. We'd like to think that we're pretty smart, but we could just be intergalactic chicken for sale. Could be. I don't like the idea of them...
0: Eating us though,
1: I can't of imagine that. Human, humans of can't. Of course, be good. and that would be something that they would really need to hide. And think of all the things they would need to do to then function this farm for us, a creature that is so intelligent. Mm-hmm. But yet, wouldn't that just make us more lucrative on an open market? You know, the harder, the more exotic the animal, the more challenging it is. Mm-hmm. So we're just like to put it bar. on the table. I don't like that idea. I don't no one <laughs> likes the idea. This is this is it's a very repulsive idea. I get it. And this is and this is also why it's um it's easy to hide mm-hmm. lies like this when when I start to feed it to you if you start to regurgitate it because it's so disgusting it's an easier lie to perpetrate. Yeah. Because you don't want to, you don't want to taste it any. You just go away from it.
0: What what makes you what makes you hypothesize something like
1: that or even think of because it? Because there's so much horrible stuff going on on this planet that it's unnatural for species to be doing it to itself without some sort of outside influence.
0: Do you think that it's possible that there's a being that – this is one of the other ones that comes up – is that they feed off of negative energy. So they create chaos. So they, there's this
1: negative energy totally open and they to that feed idea. off of it. I'm totally open to that idea. I mean I've heard people say all kinds of things – I believe that our reality is certainly vast enough to tolerate that. I mean there's so much going on beyond the our five senses to observe and comprehend with what little faculties what little faculties that we have in the grand scheme of everything there's certainly bigger grander things going on.
0: Oh, absolutely there are. Mhm. So when you're up there though like, like the people that are working on this stuff do they appear to be concerned like what is the general mood
1: i think um at the south pole station the general mood is extremely compartmentalized that everybody is kind of set up to believe that their science experiment is the most important one there and everybody's kind of pushed that way and patted on the back, and it's interesting to observe from outside because I was a, a, mm-hmm. a plumber, so my life experience is a little bit different. Is that I'm I'm outside all of these compartments observing, but yet I get to enter every one of them because there's plumbing everywhere, mm-hmm. and I get to see all of these people and their, I guess, bravado, you know, in their compartments. <laughs> <laughs> And they are certainly the kings of their compartments. I will give them that. You know, every time I walk into the compartment, I have to bow to the current king of the compartment. (laughs) There's definitely still some ego, huh? (laughs) Yeah, all this life. I mean, that's, but that's, this is, this is reality of all of life. This is something that I experienced as a plumber, is that everywhere I went was just simply a new compartment and a new king of the compartment. Mm -hmm. But what I, what I learned was that these people were not in, interconnected anymore. And I learned that we as a people were losing on a whole because of all of these specialists that were no longer talking to each other. Do you think they were allowed was diminishing to each other?
0: Or do you think they're told not to talk to each other while they're there? or to keep I them think separate? there was
1: actual actual um oh you're saying at the south pole station Mm -hmm. i think it was just uh it was built in by design and people were walking into a format that they didn't comprehend Mm -hmm. but i think in society we are suffering under the intent of forces that were manufacturing us all into specialists so that we no longer have the ability to communicate with each other because we're all talking different dialects so to say Mm.
0: because they don't want us to get the big picture
1: more or less, you know, it, how many decades ago was it that um, the general population, you know, you could walk into any garage at any home and find the same set of tools and gentlemen that understood those tools and can communicate in the same terms. And then, you know, it didn't matter what they did when they went to work over the course of the day. When they came home, they still had a general sense of vernacular that they could communicate on the same level. That's all been attacked. Ever since then, we've had wedges and divides applied so that we've become more and more specialists and we no longer can communicate. And it's in that um, secrecy, so to say, um, and confusion like the Tower of Babel that there's a lot of stuff going on in the shadows now that people can't even begin to understand or discuss because we can't even discuss day-to-day operations with each other seeing eye to eye. Let alone let alone these big topic problem issues.
0: That's definitely true in society. You know, that's one thing that you're right, like when growing up when I was young younger, people basically spoke the same language, can communicate different ideas and things like that. And then all of a sudden, I don't know. In the 90s, maybe, people started using all these different acronyms, and they know which acronym fit you know your specific field, and there's another field, that same acronym is going to mean something else, and then everything
1: just becomes completely convoluted, and nobody knows what they're talking about. I, I, I remember precisely the time period, and it was when the term political correctness came about. There used to not be this concern of political correctness. And then all of a sudden political correctness came on the table and people had to address this thing and where were you at on this? Were you for, against, how much, how, how little, what's appropriate? But either way, it was, it was seated into the conversation. And I would say things changed drastically when people had to start considering the political correctness of the words coming out of their mouth and the concern for an audience that may or may not be offended thereof that changed everything
0: that makes sense so back to antarctica a little bit like mm-hmm. like so so it starts sounds like antarctica is just a microcosm of what we're dealing with here in our everyday life with the compartmentalization that's why all these guys don't know what the other guys are doing because they're not really able to speak each other's languages Mm-hmm. And they just are going about being the king of their department, and that's all they want. they get recognized as that, and they go on with their day. Do you think they even care that what they might be doing is nefarious?
1: Wow, that concerns me a lot actually i i i i I obviously I can't speak on their behalf but my concerns of what my observations are is unfortunately is that science in many ways shapes and forms is obliged to like a system of like grants and such I mean it's not really a for profit business that the Mm -hmm. world needs so to say it's not really formatted the same way you know not like plumbing, you know, your toilet clogs, you have to call the <laughs> plumber, like, you know, it's something you need, you know. Um, but yet somehow when it comes to science, we the people figure out how to allocate billions of dollars in the direction of the study of science. And scientists now have to almost like fish fighting for, you know, a baited hook are now clamoring for the monies. And my experience has been that it's very sad to observe, I think, what scientists will do to make sure they get the next grant. Because that's their job and their livelihood. And they got kids to feed.
0: So they're more worried about their survival, basically, than what they're doing. Forget about the moral question, I'm just going to take care of my own ass. I,
1: I, I I, I think somehow... They delude themselves wildly. It's some sort of rationale. that I mean, I don't even think you can get... I don't think lots of times you can get into a real conversation with the scientists because they are so dead set on making sure that their opinion matches the parameters of their grant.
2: Hmm.
1: It's hard to find a real person in there sometimes. Wow.
0: So a lot of the people up there are from the academic world. They're not military.
1: Uh, Correct. Yes. During during the summer season, there is a lot of logistical support from the military. So there is that aspect going on. But during the winter season, um, once the South Pole Station becomes isolated, it's just the personnel present, the 49 that we had. And, um, well, they were... They are not presented as military in their primary roles, but I certainly believe that there's um, secondary capacities and subterfuge going on.
0: Hmm. Do these um, scientists come from any? Are they like all from like Ivy League institutions, or are they from you know like MIT places like that? Where are they coming from?
1: Yes, they're coming <laughs> from all of the big places. Uh, There are some big brains folks working at the South Pole Station. I'll put it that way. Um, Top notch of the fields and then some. We had um, the IT guy for my summer season. The IT guy at the South Pole Station's previous role in the regular world was the head of research and development for Google. (laughs) So the, yeah, yeah, that's a exactly. good idea. So like, like, yeah, so that's like when I like yeah, so apply that level of relativity to other roles.
0: <laughs> so it's really like it was like the best of the best, are the ones going up there working on this
1: for sure neutrino project. These were these were high caliber folks. I will I will say that all day long. The folks that I wintered over with at the South Pole station were a really competent team of human beings. Hmm. They were not there for no reason. We were, you know, we were all tested, selected, trained together prior to arrival. This was, you know, there was intentions applied to this.
0: What kind of screening did you have to go through to get there?
1: Uh, oh man, <laughs> it was wild. Um, I had to go from New York to Colorado. There was um there was test there's so many multiple choice questions. I mean hundreds if not thousands of multiple choice questions, psychological evaluations, there was psychological training, um, morale boosting stuff, uh emergency medicine first responder things, how to, you know, deal with uh Medical issues on the fly. I had to go to firefighting school to train on how to, you know, bunker up with SCBA gear to fight fires. Um, it was, it was such a learning curve on so many levels. We had to be taught how to eat prop, proper nutrition for the environment. We were, we were residing at 10,300 feet of actual elevation. Um, in an environment with no oxygen, low temperature, so they were teaching us you know that we had we were we were eating twelve to fifteen thousand calories a day and losing weight and nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to believe me when I say that, but that was reality that's how taxing the environment was on your body Wow, hmm is everybody that's crazy I can't imagine you have to go through all that the they They said that the if we were to have our blood tested when we were there at the South mm-hmm. Pole station that our our o two levels were so low that like we were if we were in the if we were in the United States and we tested our o two levels that low that we would qualify for government programs that would allow for us to be on oxygen twenty four hours a day. Wow, <laughs> and that was like kind of like a joke at the South Pole station that we were just so oxygen deprived that we were like we should be dead. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> then that's all you can really do about it is like laugh and pour another cup of coffee. Like what are you gonna do? Wow. How did he get food up there? Like did he have like a something that drops off
0: food and supplies regularly?
1: Oh no 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 no. Once 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 the winter starts, that's it. Nothing comes and goes, so to say. With a caveat and exception for emergency medical reasons which we did have. It was a huge ordeal. Mm-hmm. We did have medical supplies airdropped in during our winter season. And the Kiwis, the New Zealanders, did sneak some additional supplies in there for us, some food and stuff like that, which was very appreciated mm-hmm. because Raytheon Polar Services didn't do crap in that department for us, <laughs> our actual employers who contracted the Kiwis to do the drop. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kiwis hooked us up, not Raytheon. Raytheon's the devil incarnate in corporate form. Wow. I don't even know who Raytheon is. Who are they? Raytheon? You've never heard of Raytheon? No. They make, like, uh, uh, <laughs> they make all the best missile systems in the world? Hmm. They're very good at killing people and making technologies for killing people.
0: Military-industrial pump complex.
1: Heck, yeah. Guys
0: you know, who just profit off of wars that nobody ever wins.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which seems to be the um, primary type of contractor that gets the janitorial contracts at the South Pole Station. The people in charge of cooking and cleaning and maintaining the South Pole Station, Those those contractors that get those contracts... Typically, have a history of being really good military industrial contractors as well. It's the weirdest thing. It's almost like it's there's some sort of weapon systems at the South Pole station that need to be maintained.
0: Hmm. Well, that certainly would go along with your whole theory that that this whole thing you know can control weather, you know, cause that's earthquakes. A, that's exactly communicate with point. extraterrestrials. Maybe exactly. possibly do. Could, could it possibly do multi dimensional stuff? Like, you know, mm-hmm. go into wormholes, time travel. Yep. Star- shit Star- like Stargate that.
1: technology wormholes is also on the table because it's my understanding that it just it has to do with how much power these things can have and. I guess you would say like you're getting at dimensions and and I guess Mm -hmm. in in what phases and dimensions and whether things are, you know, hertz waves, scalar waves, longitudinal waves. How many levels of things can they impact? And this device seems to be the most savage device in this capacity. Um, If I'm wrong and somebody can show me one that's more powerful on this planet, I'm totally open to the conversation. I just haven't seen one pre- somebody present one. Hmm. So, so I'm what trying to get the truth out thing- there, and I just keep getting all these other, you know, speculations. You know, I, I bring out facts and uh-huh. documentable proof, and I seem to get a response from everybody of, well, have you ever heard about so-and-so, blah, 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 and all I hear is speculate, 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 and I, right. I hear no documentation. I hear no proof. I hear nothing. So to me, in reality, that's total crap. That to me is... That is co-intel pro bullshit that is designed to go against the truth that I have in my hand. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I got a bird in the hand, folks. I don't want to hear about two in the bush. I'm not that guy. Hmm. Is this strictly United States operation, or is this... It is, it is called the Adminson Scott International. South Pole Station, and it is absolutely staffed by international hands.
0: Hmm. Is there – that's interesting because then that tells me, like, like, are we talking possibly like a new world order in charge of this or some secret society? If it's not a, a singular government or is it, you know, NATO,
1: G20, I think these are great questions that we, the people, um, A, of the United States, B, of this planet, need to start really questioning what are these power structures that we, the pawns on the chessboard are operating under? Are we being misled? Yeah. I think they're very fair questions. I don't want to pretend to have all of the answers for people. I just want to present the experience and the facts that I do have that people really need to consider. We are being lied to in very real ways. This is actionable intelligence that I bring to the table, not speculation. This is a real experience. I can prove that I was in Antarctica. I'm not suggesting it. I have photos. I have video. I have, con- I have all kinds of documentation. I challenge anyone who wants to talk on this topic to step up and be on par. And if they can't, I would say, please run away fast, or I'm going to destroy your speculative BS.
0: Do you think – so with this technology, I mean, one of the topics that you, I'm sure you hear about a lot too is does this thing have the possible? the ability probably to generate free energy for the entire earth.
1: Oh, I don't, I don't know that this is necessarily the mission of that. So right. to obviously say, it's not because th- no, it's not the mission of any company looking for free energy is certainly available in, in many ways. It I is. mean, uh, I mean, since way back when when Nikola Tesla gave us the benefit of, um, alternating current and, and for all practical purposes at that time he already gave us the solution to free energy way back when mm-hmm. it's just a matter of who was allowed to be in the know and it turns out um, poor people are the ones that don't know the reality is if you're not familiar with free energy that it just defines what class you're in on this planet mm-hmm. it doesn't mean free energy doesn't exist it just means you don't have access to it that's true And that's why we have conversations about breakaway civilizations and what's really going on in the cosmos. There's a different class on this planet that has access to free energy, anti-gravity, time manipulation, control, whatever you want to call it. And there's also a large faction that are working off of this planet out in the cosmos, however you want to put it. Breakaway civilizations, off-world work. There's you know many ways of looking at it, but that's just reality. That's the big secret is that there's those that are in the know of the you know total capacity of reality can be, and that there's those that you know stare at the sand on the ground at their feet and think that's all that there is.
0: So if this then if about the off planet bases and things like that, mm-hmm. so we're talking this about the secret space program in my labs
1: yeah for sure absolutely. That would be worked in there you know adding adding to that just the you know the history of the reality of the cosmos is that you know prior to the secret space program in my labs, there was already off world interactions going on it's It's in all of the ancient texts you know that it wasn't hidden. It's just you know contemporarily we have a a lot of bastards that are just happy to mistranslate stuff for us
0: right. That's true. But all those accounts, though, typically are them visiting us, not us going to
1: them. Fair enough. I mean, but, you know, again, how much can we trust the accuracy of these accounts? They allude to things, I would say. Mm -hmm. But as far as accuracy, I'd say they they leave uh, a lot to be desired. But they certainly allude to things that make great questions. I think it certainly shows that there's been interactions um, through all of history, mm-hmm. but I believe that in many other ways we see that, um, you know, the history books are written by the victors, so I think, you know, I think it would be interesting to, if we were to, cons- if, look at it this way, right, if if the victor's side story as presented, the, the victor on earth, then tells the tale of a noble interaction with the off-world people. Is it possible that that's really just the tale of someone who became subservient to an off-world foe? Could be. Versus the tale of an earthling rebel who fought valiantly against an off-world thing who doesn't get to tell their tale?
0: Well, we could find out if this thing has the ability to do time travel, right? Totally understood, yeah. I mean, yeah, time will tell, right? (laughs) If we could go there and use that device for the purpose of time travel, we could go find out.
1: Yeah, I mean, all all of these things exist in reality. The question is, are we intergalactic chicken on a farm trying to figure out time travel to get the heck out of the cages?
0: Maybe. Maybe not. There's no way to tell from our per, from the perspective that we are given or allowed to see. Oh,
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that there's no way to tell. I would say there's many ways to tell, and it just oh. requires observation and understanding. Um, a of the possibility mm-hmm. first and foremost. If people weren't open to the possibility of this, they would never find it. So science already shows us that this is a dilemma in science that when we can't consider something um, that is. It's almost impossible to find out, even though it is, because we can't wrap our brains around it, so we can't even formulate the questions to go look for it. But it is nonetheless. So, just by letting folks know that there's a high probability that we are intergalactic chicken, by postulating the question, allows them to consider it when they previously never had. And it opens the door to that possibility. (laughs) Unfortunately... Um, that, that's true.
0: But, we have to think of the possibility before we can even consider it. And ask that's how everything in life and, works. And, and if there's, there's no hypothesis, then there's no research, essentially.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And and I only want to suggest people look in this direction because if we don't, we'll never unlock the gates that are holding us in the pens. What has you so convinced that we're being held in a pen? Because of the way that we treat each other. Is it's it's inhuman, so to say. You know, we always talk about, um, you know, how we need to do right by animals and treat them humanely, which mm-hmm. I always think is a funny way of terming things. You know, does the lion treat the zebra humanely? I don't know. The lion, I don't is, think the so. lion
0: is hungry. Exactly. Uh, like,
1: so I think nature. I think nature shows us that what some humans might call savage inhumane Mm -hmm. behavior is also completely natural. Yeah. So this idea of proper behavior, I think, kind of needs to be thrown out the window. Yeah. So I, I get that it's distasteful to think of us as intergalactic chicken, as if we're so privileged to be above that. But Look at how we treat chicken. Why wouldn't something else exist that treats us the exact same way? Is that so far-fetched? Or is that just actually really simple to wrap our brains around? That in reality, is probably really simple to wrap our brains around. There's probably a multitude of species that would fight over the farm that we are prisoners on.
0: I, th- I think the counter-argument to this would be, well, if these just other societies and extraterrestrials exist and they are billions of years ahead of us in technology and in their ability to utilize their consciousness, they would not be thinking the same way humans think and therefore not be doing something like farming humans like we farm trout.
1: I I don't know how somebody could make that leap of logic. I just Why didn't. wouldn't? That's just—it that seems <laughs> preposterous of a leap of logic to me. Why? Why would we think that we farm things, but something else wouldn't? Because they're more advanced than we are. Why does more advanced mean less farming?
0: Maybe they don't need it because they're so advanced.
1: That's a, that's a presumption. I don't. I don't know how somebody makes that leap of logic. That just seems like somebody's trying to have wishful thinking. Mm. Maybe they're just really efficient farmers, but they still farm, which would be the natural progression, is that they still have to eat, right? All right. So there's no reason to think that they wouldn't need sustenance. But if they're farmers and they're advanced, I would just think that they'd have really efficient farming methods, not necessarily less of a need for ingestion.
0: Right. One of the other holes I think in this, too, is if I'm farming some chickens to eat, right? mm mm-hmm. I'm not going to let them die of natural causes before I eat them. Okay. But humans well, all around the world die say, of natural causes.
1: Well, I, I, I get what you're going that that you would think that you would want to get every one of them, um, but that is, how do I put it? Well, I'm not a hunter. So it's like um, when you kill an animal and you do it in a certain way, it, it tastes bad. You have to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think there's something to be said for us, the people being a product. And there are certainly times, unfortunately, we've learned um, where terrorizing the product gets you a certain end result. And that seems to be children and adrenochrome and lunatics that like to suck the blood of children on this planet. Um, And that's one formulation of the product. Um, another formulation is you know every level thereof in between but what we can't do is have a population like you said like if we're going if we're going to harvest every single one before old age i don't think that we could pull that off in secrecy at that point everyone's going to know they're on the farm and it's going to change the product there's going to be different hormones pumping through different fear levels and that stuff changes the taste We know this about every other animal. We love talking animal husbandry and knowledge when it comes to Mm -hmm. other animals. And we like to avoid us from the conversation. We like to negate the topic of eugenics and what was going on during World War II. As if we weren't applying animal husbandry to human beings, which was under the umbrella term of eugenics. Mm -hmm. They were absolutely trying to clean up humanity by breeding. There's a there's there's a history, a rich history on this planet of the practices of animal husbandry and the logic behind it. Mm-hmm. And that's all that was going on during World War II when they got into the eugenics movement, which was huge on Long Island, which is where I came from, Cold Spring Harbor Laboratories, which pretty much the heart of the eugenics industry. And then... Hitler basically took the ball and ran in a direction that nobody wanted to consider with his eugenics program. And then that changed the the taste in everybody's mouth of what eugenics and animal husbandry applied to humanity meant. And then they changed the name from eugenics and eugenesis to progressivism. And most people don't know that that's what occurred. So the modern-day progressive movement is a direct descendant of the eugenics movement. They're not good folks. They do want people dead. Wow. How
0: about uh, some of the people that I've interviewed that are experiencers and said that they've received these um, positive spiritual messages from these beings? You think that's just a smokescreen?
1: I think anything's possible. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to discount everyone across the board always, but what mm-hmm. I am trying to, I guess, proselytize about is that the general population needs to start applying discernment. They certainly need to stop believing everything that everyone says on camera. I don't, you know, I don't know where people apply the discernment. I have people coming at me all the time saying, "Did you hear this? Did you hear that?" And most part, I just want to turn around and go. So what? So what? That you heard that? Did you look into it? Did you verify it? Did you find anybody else to substantiate it, or are you just propagandizing as well? Mm Hmm. I mean, if it was if if it was a fear related topic and conversation, at that point they they fit the definition of being a terrorist. Right. And terrorizing each other. But you don't have any. Any? Do you have any evidence that that that's what's
0: happening, is that we're being breeded to be eaten by extraterrestrials?
1: I don't have evidence in that capacity, but I have evidence that there's a directed energy weapons system operating at the South Pole Station, and it does all of the things that I have mentioned. So you let me know who would be at the helm of such a device. Your mom, with all of her noble intentions? Or someone different?
0: No, but the people who profit off of
1: war, people who want to manipulate humanity on a whole global level? Yeah, I mean, so let's just start to question who would those people be? Who would want to benefit off of the the dismay of the entirety of the human population on the planet? Do you think that that would be a human or a manipulated human? And if they're a manipulated human, do de- think it'd be someone manipulated from maybe off the planet i mean these are just kind of logical leaps actually i mean i get i've postulated earlier that there's leaps of logic that i don't agree with but Mm -hmm. i would say that these are not necessarily far leaps of logic i don't think it's natural Mm -hmm. for a human being to be against all of humanity so to think that there's one person at the helm that for their expressed choice and intention without any outside influence wants to see all of humanity die, and they got themselves at this position through their own efforts without any assistance from any outside forces. That seems to me to be far-fetched.
0: So what do you think we should do about it?
1: Um, unite and become educated and listen to what I'm saying about the actionable intelligence while laughing at the liars that surface without any evidence and then add smoke and b s and mirrors. I think we should kick them in the nuts and tell them to move on asAP
0: How do we do that if you have a weapon that can
1: no 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 no, how do we do that is when these like the people mm-hmm. that get on air that don't have the truth that's that's who we kick in the nuts okay when those liars show up and they try to muddy the waters with unactionable intelligence with sensational stories that are bogus that they can't substantiate. When people just say, trust me, mm-hmm. and trust me because, oh, there's this other guy that I know that also says, trust me, but neither one of them have any credible evidence. I think people need to start becoming way more um, cautious and so that- apply way more discernment in who they listen to, and I think the jokers should be should be ostracized they should be Mm -hmm. thrown out of this conversation they should not be tolerated anymore there's too many of them there's too many feds there's too many bogus liars in the mix the ndaa the national defense authorization act allows for the subsidizing of the media that means the government can manufacture news and stories and invest in infiltrating the topics and the circles propaganda has been around forever Understood, but it's only been recently made legal again, to which they can invest millions and millions and millions of dollars. And this is currently the State of the Union. The vast majority of the podcasters on the Internet are paid government shills currently. And nobody wants to hear that either. But how Because does- it's too easy. It's too easy for them to do that. So why mm-hmm. wouldn't they? Think of all the other horrible things that were really hard for them to accomplish back in the day. And they did that anyway. Now you're telling me contemporarily the the fact that they can just get a whole bunch of shill podcasters on to control the narrative of all these conversations, which, by the way, is kind of the definition of a COINTELPRO operation. I mean, one could almost say that the Internet was manufactured by COINTELPRO because it fits the bill so hard. You could say that, Absolutely. So, I mean, here we are contemporarily trying to get to the truth, but um, I've said recently that, you know, here I am at the shores of, of one location and I'm trying to get my truth to safe harbor at another country. But there's a sea of liars and disinformationists that I have to try to get my boat to navigate through. That's the State of the Union. Right. I know it because I'm I'm someone with a real experience. I get that this might be a little bit more challenging for the average person who hasn't had the experiences that I have had, who hasn't tried to delve in these waters. But I have, and I'm learning. There's a lot of bullshit artists. There's a lot of guys that don't know what the hell they're talking about, and they are very happy to promote whatever is the next biggest, coolest, sensational speaker or topic or whatever. Right. are certainly not actually interested in the truth.
0: But how is that still going like, to, like you said, we have to, we, we want to unite. Do you, I mean, there's no way for us, if this is the situation, I don't see how humans can fix the situation. It's like we're just doomed to be food, that's it. Or sheep being led to slaughter, and that's all the there is. to it. you're, do- you're doomed
1: to be food, guaranteed. If you don't start coming up with answers, you're, you're absolutely right. You yeah. sound like you are doomed to be food. I want to let everybody else out there know there is hope, and mm-hmm. anybody who has a thinking cap on, we can certainly get out of this. Don't let those that lack the imagination for victory bring you down. We can totally get through this. And we who can get through this will meet and have conversations on this. Hmm.
0: Like, what type of even strategy would you? Where would you begin? Like, okay, we we get the truth. You get the truth out. You get people thinking. You you put that hypothesis out there for people to test. Then where does it go?
1: Um, Everybody share the piece of the puzzle from the direction they're coming from because everybody knows more than they've previously shared.
0: And then, what do you think happens?
1: Do we have to build growth it? and understanding and a light gets shined on and cockroaches run you see you see like so you, it's th- you think like you think it, just bringing this into light shining a light no, on I don't just I don't scatter? just I think these I think this is an appropriate set of stairs and I think that you lack the imagination mm-hmm. to see this and you're very concerned about each and every step and you doubt the possibility of each one so that's why you don't see this big picture You're concerned about what do we do next because you don't know. And then every time I present you the next step, it's like you're concerned because you still don't see the next one. And then you have to ask again and you go, well, then what do we do next? And not for nothing, you're the definition of the problem. You have no idea what's going on and what to do next. And you're concerned when the people that do present Mm -hmm. you what to do next because you're scared to do it because then you say, well, then what do I do next? I don't know what to tell you, to be honest. Right. In reality, I'm just going to actually leave you in the dust. You don't know what to do. You're going to lose out fast. Fair enough. I mean, that's 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 we're getting to fight and flight really quick. I'm just trying I, to understand I only, the I only, have, I only have so much time to explain so much to people so fast, and they got to get hustling. That's kind of my point. As I'm giving people step one, I'm letting people know. Right. Here's what's going on at the South Pole Station. You need to hurry up and figure out the rest. I don't have time to let you know what else is going on in the world because I don't have all of the answers. Mm-hmm. Just, I, just because I came out with blockbuster info in One Direction, I get that people want to ask me everything else. But you know what, folks? All I'm really suggesting is everybody needs to start getting off their asses and realizing that everything that they've been told up until this point's been a bold-faced lie. Start asking everyone everything. Don't just don't just question me and my mm-hmm. stuff. Ask everyone about their stuff. Cool. Who's that guy that you said before went to Antarctica? Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Yeah, Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Doesn't have one picture, doesn't have one video, doesn't have one ounce of shred of proof. I'm going to say that guy's totally full of shit, and exactly. I'm going to say, why did you believe anything he said? He has if he co- gave you no proof, he has coordinates. That's on you. He has coordinates. Uh, he has coordinates. Yeah. What does that mean? I can give you coordinates. Pick a country. It means does I that can mean that I went
0: there. It means I can take his location and go follow up on it myself if
1: I had. But does that mean time and money there? to get to Antarctica? Does that mean he went there? I wouldn't be able to can determine give you that. I coordinates in Africa. Does that mean I went to Africa? I wouldn't be able to determine that until I actually got there. That doesn't that doesn't mean that I went there. Just because someone gives you coordinates mm-hmm. to a location that exists does not mean they went there. True, but if I go
0: there, ninety and degrees find-
1: South Pole. Ninety degrees is the location mm-hmm. of the South Pole on this planet. Ninety degrees South. That's South Pole Station. Just because someone tells you that number doesn't mean they went there. Well, he didn't go to South Pole Station. He whatever he whatever location Antarctica, he gave right? you, it was a whatever different location place he calendar. gave you does not mean he went there because he told you a location. Right. I can give you the location to the capital of Peru. Doesn't mean I've been there unless I show you a picture, some other supporting evidence. Mm-hmm. That's reality. That's how this works. This is the discernment that everyone's lacking nowadays. That guy has offered you no proof. Okay. If you're saying all this he gives you was coordinates, I'm going to say that guy blew smoke up your ass. You're certainly entitled to that opinion. I I certainly am because I've been there and I can prove it. So but, that's literally how this works. I have the expertise. But Antarctica is a large place. Am I wrong? So what? So there so could I, be there could be more in Antarctica than just what you've seen. Of course. And there would certainly be um, more going on from what I've seen than a liar who hasn't been there, correct? Yeah. There you go. So that's my point. I find it interesting. I find it interesting oftentimes, it happens a lot, that people do exactly what you just said. They go, well, certainly you didn't see everything. Well, that's correct. I never said that I saw everything. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's the fifth largest continent on the planet. I was exclusively stationed at the South Pole Station. I don't never suggested to know everything about it. I just suggested to know more about the liars, but I find it interesting that people attempt to discount my substantial experience, which outweighs most people on the planet in regards to the topic. I think it's interesting when people attempt to discount it by saying, well, you didn't see the whole thing. That's funny because I still saw more than most and I can prove it when others can't. Right. So I'll reiterate. Your guy's full of crap.
0: Okay. So from your experience, what is the key message that you're really trying to get out there?
1: There's a directed energy weapon system at the South Pole Station that's impacting this planet in a multifaceted way, and the population needs to understand that. This is actionable intelligence. This is a real location. 90 degrees south is the South Pole Station. It is this planet and it's something that we can address. Mind control, earthquakes, intergalactic communications, off fleet, off I should say off planet space fleet. All of these things. It's a it's a big issue. It's a lot of topics to discuss. It's a whole bunch of stuff for people to wrap their brains around. Um, But what they need to stop doing is listening to the BS spectacular stuff that allows people to sit their butts on their couches and believe that someone else is going to fix something or some other galactic fleet thing. or Whatever bogus Antarctic story some person's been pumping that hasn't been there is putting out as the next chapter. That's all that's going on with the topic of Antarctica. There's a whole bunch of people pumping propaganda that haven't been there. They're propagandists.
0: That other guy that was just there, I can't think of his name right now. I mean, there is one other guy I know that has been recently been there and
1: did take pictures and stuff. I
0: can't remember his damn name. At least
1: that's somebody worthy of the conversation at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm getting at. Is like let's just be reasonable, folks. You know, let's let's what qualifies someone to be talking about these topics. Like, for example, there's a, there's a lady out there. Uh, she's, you know, all kind of SSP, blah, blah, blah. Elena Denon. And she had, um, some sort of, um, channeling thing where some person says a whole bunch of stuff about Antarctica. Well, that's channeling, whatever you're going to do with that. But then she says, well, I got an email from a guy named Frank who says that everything my channeler says is true. And that's the long and short of it. Certainly gets into more details of you know he you know says this is true, says that's true. But you get an email from someone named Frank claiming they're from Antarctica, and that's that's proof. I mean, this is this is no. the state of the union of disclosure nowadays. No, this is what this is what the general population is eating up. So some guy, Frank, sends an email to Elena and says, oh, yeah, what that other guy says is true. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do we have any documentation on Frank? Or we just have to just take Elena's word for it and Frank's word. Like, this is getting really ridiculous now. I'm an actual experiencer with actual Mm -hmm. documented proof with real actionable issues for we, the people. This is the sea of BS that I'm trying to get my ship through.
0: But what you're saying really isn't that much different than what other people have said about Antarctica.
1: It's absolutely different than from what everybody's saying about Antarctica.
0: But some of the things that are saying, though, extraterrestrials, communication, portals, um, time travel, weapons, all, all those things have been... You know, I, I've heard from other people about Antarctica. Just not. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, is that they, they, is keep, they not, keep not yeah, from somebody who's been there. They,
1: they keep trying to say that it's um, at some location that they um, can't actually provide any proof of. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that when I provide a location with proof, they then detract by then trying to um, what would you say steal my thunder and redirect it somewhere else. They don't have any documentation to prove, prove anything that they're saying about this other location about these topics. So the difference is is what I'm saying is true and what they're saying is speculative. Okay. That's a big difference.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you do have the proof. There you go. That you were There's there the difference. and that you weren't there. There you go. And that the system transmits. I have all the proof for everything that I've mentioned here this evening. I've provided it for three years now. The documents are available on my website at Deciphering.TV. I'm not just sitting here speculating. I've actually provided documentation that proves that the IceCube neutrino detector transmits. I've provided documentation that proves that the IceCube neutrino detector is an intergalactic communications device. I'm not speculating, unlike the other people that you've spoken with. I'm what? coming with direct first-hand experience and documentation and proof of my experience, unlike anyone else in mm-hmm. this conversation, unless you can tell me otherwise. I don't know who these people are you're talking about. I would say they're BS artists, right. unless they are on par with what I'm presenting.
0: What's another other question? Huh. I kind of forgot it. Oh, why then? It... it why are you allowed to
1: live? Why haven't they have? Why haven't they taken you out? You're yet? going. This is so funny. You're going down such the standard line of questioning. Why do you think I'm alive to? Yeah, this is like this is hilarious. You're avoiding all of the information that I'm providing and going down the standard um, alphabet agency form of questioning. Mm-hmm. Does none of the information that I said to you like strike anything pertinent to the information I presented? You're just gonna threaten me with the "Why are you alive?" thing. Yeah, because I'm awesome. <laughs> how about that? I just would wonder. I'm better than my foes. How, how does somebody? How does somebody I'm better
0: know than that? Them. How somebody the that,
1: that you're not the disinformation? Because I'm on the winning team. You're trying to discount me. How does someone know? You're, how how mm-hmm. many ways from Sunday can you attempt to discount me and my information in this conversation?
0: To try and
1: make sense, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like like I mean most people that are trying to make sense Mm -hmm. have questions that are along the lines of taking something with the information that I present and then actually um, engaging that in a question instead of saying things like "Aren't you afraid that you're not dead yet?" Like that's like such a common one. (laughs) No, I'm not afraid that I'm not dead yet, or I wouldn't be talking about this publicly. I guess I'm bold.
0: Would he at least turn down off your website? Huh? Would he at least turn off your website
1: and block you? I don't know what you mean. What do you mean at least turn off my website?
0: Wouldn't you think the power is to be whoever's in charge of this operation in Antarctica? Why Are you would, concerned no, about
1: you telling the I, truth? I'm not. Why would you be concerned about that? I'm not. I'm not a chicken shit coward. Mm-hmm. I'm bold. I'm moving forwards boldly for the betterment of humanity. I'm doing what's right without pause and I'm happy to do it. Interesting. That's the power that I wield. (laughs) Bullshit artists can get the fuck out of my way. And cowards and all that kind of shit. Because I I come with the power of actual experience. I can shine the light on the bullshit artists Mm -hmm. um, and I don't give a fuck.
0: All right. So, hey man, it's been a pleasure having you. (laughs) It was an interesting interview, interesting spar, I guess.
1: I guess, although you seem to be disappointed in my ability to do an interview. I'm I'm disappointed from your angle. It just seems typical of folks that um, aren't happy with the information I presented.
0: I believe the information that you're presenting. That's where I think you're kind of misinterpreting my point. I, I may be misinterpreting because, it because but I, be- of- I believe there's something in Antarctica. I believe that what you're presenting is true. What I find difficult, or, or, or I'm looking for some something solid that says that there are extraterrestrials who want to eat humans.
1: Well, that's you're 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 changing. You're doing it again. A standard maneuver. Okay. That isn't my point of my conversation you're trying to redirect my conversation which is not appreciated my conversation is about the directed energy weapons system which i have found and documented so there you have documented actionable intelligence that you're fucking ignoring how come why are you why are you ignoring that is that not the biggest news that you've ever heard in your life I believe it. I mean, why wouldn't it exist? It's not up to you to believe. It's a fact. i documented it. You don't don't, don't have to believe it or not. I've documented it. It's a matter of you becoming familiar with the information. But with that being said, you still, through this conversation, keep ignoring the facts that I've presented and are attempting to redirect the conversation toward something that I can't prove, which I would say is standard operating procedures that I've seen before. Okay. So it's like, uh, uh, I forget if it was Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle did a comedy routine at one point, which was very funny. Um, But the long and short of it was, um, you know, that women who dress like hookers don't get to say, don't treat me like a hooker. And he did this routine where the long and short of it was like, he was dressed like a cop. And when people came up to him and treated him like a cop, he was like, hey, don't get... Just because I'm dressed like a cop, don't treat me like a cop. Well, I'm just going to say, to be honest with you, Gary, if you don't want to get treated like a Fed, don't act like one. I've been around the block a while. I've totally been dealing with Feds for Mm -hmm. quite some time. If you aren't a Fed, you're wearing a Fed's uniform. Okay. That's what it comes off to me like. You do the same discounting and change of direction things. I've been down this road so many times. I present very real intelligence. And why do people people keep changing the subject on me? How come you're not engaging the information I presented? We just had a whole conversation for how long. You, You really didn't say, you know what I think about what you said, Eric? I find it
0: fascinating I, And I also told you I believe it
1: it's, it's, I've heard people say that before And I've heard people engage it do In I, completely do, different levels Do I know what to, to do with it? I've, no. I've been engaged in many different levels This is a level that I've seen before And there's other levels of interest And engagement And other levels of inquiry that exist That you're apparently not on That's okay Okay, it's fine. There's all different levels of interest on this. There's all different levels of inquiry. Yours goes in a general direction. I've seen many times before. It's okay.
0: All right. So before we wrap it up, where can people find you?
1: Deciphering TV. They can check the archive section. They could find the DOM document. They could find all of the proof for everything that I have said. Uh, I'm not playing games. There is some real information out there. People need discernment. They need to stop listening to all the feds, the BS artists and all the people that have no real experience on this topic. You're being lied to.
0: All right. Well, I'll put a link to that in notes to this episode. And um it's been a pleasure having you. And Thank you, uh, Gary.
1: And I'm going to play the maybe, outro. Maybe it's, maybe it's late in the day for me. <laughs>
0: Hang on for a moment. I'm a human being. (laughs) Hang on. I play the outro, man.
2: Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon, and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined. If you loved what you listened to today, don't forget to rate, rate, review, subscribe, and share. Again, thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable with Gary Cochilio.